Broadcasting live from an airstream somewhere in Tornado Alley, bringing you the people, places, and stories from the Panhandle to the Red River. This is your Only in Oklahoma show. And welcome to the show. Tis the season in what better way to kick off the spooky season than with Stacy Frazier with the Guthrie Ghost Walks and a great interview, I must say. Yeah, great interview. And then later on in the show, we're going to be talking about the World Series of Poker. It's coming back to Oklahoma. I'm Harley. I'm Brett. And uh, let's get our Ouija boards ready and head to downtown Guthrie. What do you say? Well, for nearly a decade, Stacy Frazier has been leading the masses through the streets of downtown Guthrie on arguably probably one of the most historic ghost walks in the state, if not the country. And joining us once again, it's been a while. It's Stacy Frazier with the Guthrie Ghost Walk, with the Bluegrass Festival, with the Christmas Parade. She does it all. Stacy, welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad we're all still here. Goodness gracious, you know, you because it's been since then that we've talked. When I refer to then, it's like COVID was kind of the Voldemort of viruses. It really was. The virus that shall not be named. Yeah. What a exactly. crazy time. But before we get into the the who, what, when, why, where, let's talk about where you started off. Because you've been running this thing for almost a decade. What got you into yeah. doing the ghost walk? I don't think it's you you don't just apply within. You have it it's a uh, calling, almost a calling. Years, yeah. Ten years ago. Well what it what it comes down to is I learned how to earn a living running my mouth is really what it came down to. No, 10 years ago, I was in uh, Canada, Victoria, at the Empress Hotel for a wedding. The night before the wedding, we all went out and went on a ghost walk around town. And I could not get over the fact of how much this town looked and reminded me of Guthrie. Red bricks, same era, same Victorian vibe. And listening to the stories as they told, I mean, they were, they were pretty good stories, but I kept thinking, well, We've got stories in Guthrie. I mean, I personally didn't grow up in Guthrie, but in a sense, I did grow up in Guthrie because this is where my mom was from, and this is where we would go back every year for the 89ers Festival. We would go back for football games. We would go back, you know, my mom's family was here. So I've had that association with Guthrie for a long time. So you combine that and having some of these stories that I – sort of already knew because my cousin's here. I'm the second youngest grandchild in the whole family, and my cousins are older than me. And I pretty much remember spending my young years, uh, they tried to scare the bejesus out of me every time they could. (laughs) And they did a really good job. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some things, it's just really bad. And they've even commented, it's kind of ironic that this is what I do now because, you know, I'm queen of the, I need another nightlight. I got back here after the wedding, and I I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought, huh, I should dig into some of these stories. The fact that my dad, my dad was such a storyteller. I mean, usually it had some, the story had some quirky twist at the end. Yeah, I I come from a long, (laughs) as he used to say, we come from a long line of liars, and that's and and that doesn't count in this case, but we do have a, a tradition of storytelling in the family. The reason why I say we don't come from, a, you know, I, I say the not coming from a long line of liars applies, it doesn't apply here, is because of the stories that I tell. 
I don't tell the it was a dark and stormy night. Right. Story. I think what it comes down to is that you can have a good ghost story, one, without having an axe murderer or some sort of insane demonic possession. Right. But for me, the stories that are the best stories are the ones that I can backstop to a certain extent. I mean, you're never going to be able to prove a ghost story, mm-hmm. but man, when you can start coming up with names, dates, newspaper accounts, you come up with the, the peripheral information that makes the story not only possible, but plausible. To me, that's way scarier than just, you know, sitting around the campfire and then, you know, the story about the guy with the hook comes out. It's, uh, those are the stories that I tell. I've got like, geez, in nine years, I've got like 62 stories that I've fleshed out. Well, you know what's interesting? You know, you talk about history and I think it goes without saying a town like Guthrie, number one, does a fantastic job with preserve, you know, there was a time where they had kind of the corny, cheesy, oh yeah, covering up the, you know, and I hate that when you go into a small town, you're like, why would you put a sign? Why would you put yeah, a sign exactly. over the the original paint job? You know, put it paint because the- it was the seventies. <laughs> yeah, I know that was kind of what they did. But yeah. what I think what I what I like what Guthrie has done and kind of where you come in is Guthrie kind of went through a renaissance and went, you know what? We were the first capital of Oklahoma. You can't you can't walk down our streets without seeing history everywhere, and they've done a great job within the last I don't know the last maybe two at least two decades of really not cashing in. I hate to say that, but really capitalizing on hey, you know what we've got something here. You know, with the Pioneer Christmas stuff that they do, they've been doing every year. People and you've seen it. People come from far and wide to Guthrie for those experiences. And again, I'm kind of piggybacking on what you said. Sometimes a ghost story is just—it's the essence. It's the—it's—it's yeah. it's the days. It, it's days gone by, and there's something yeah. about I, that certain time of night that it just just at you know just after dusk or you know when you're do, when you used to do I don't know if you still do them or not. We'll talk about it. Doing those midnight walks or those ten o'clock walks. Uh-huh. There's just something about the, yeah. especially around October. There's a little oh, chill yeah. in the air. But let me ask you, and all this you. you you said you've got about 65 stories. Yeah. In your kind of research, coming up with what stories to tell and how to present those, are there any of those stories for you that went, that you kind of latched onto or kind of had a little, you have a little bit more of an emotional buy-in to over, over others? Absolutely. I think probably one of the most profound stories that I've come across and literally from the very first ghost walk I did, we finished up over in front of the Bluebell Saloon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thanking oh, yeah. everybody for coming. Somebody raised their hand and said, hey, they had a great time. Do you know anything about the Redstone? Because right across the street from the Bluebell Saloon was the Redstone Inn, the bed and breakfast and wedding chapel. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I don't, but it's my first night. Let me see what I, you know, come back to it. And I realized over the course of the next year or two that, I was getting a lot of interest generated in that. Yeah. And, of course, the first thing I did was go to, okay, you know, guess I need to dig into this. I had a lady on the walk one night. She said, do you know anything about the Redstone? And I think I kind of had a little flip of the switch because I got a little snarky. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, do you? <laughs> well, apparently that's all I should have been asking to begin with. But wow. then she goes, well, yeah. And she proceeded to tell me the story about how she and her husband had had gone there for, uh, that's where they got married. It was the second hus- 
second wedding for both of them. She had a daughter, 19. He had two sons in their early 20s. Um, it was a very small family gathering. They had a lovely wedding. They went out and took a carriage ride. I mean, it was a beautiful evening, right? They get back, and they're watching family movie videos because I guess they were both widowed. Finally, about midnight, they head off to bed. About 2 o'clock in the morning, she has what can only be described as night terrors. Mm. And she just starts screaming. And her husband was there when she was relaying the story to me because it was on a walk. You know, we ended up, we all ended up staying afterwards and her telling this to us. He said, you know, I can tell you she screamed for, for over a minute and a half, which doesn't sound like long, a long time, unless somebody's screaming in your face for a minute. Oh yeah, and a half. for sure. Uh-huh. Um, she had had a dream. She was following her daughter home. And her daughter was in her own car. She was in her car. They're going down a, a, a country road. The daughter's car ends off going off the road into a ravine where there's a river. Next thing you know, mom is standing on the hood of the car trying to get her daughter out of the car. And in this dream, the car is filling up with water. They can't get the doors open. The windows won't go down. And mom is, you know, beating on this windshield. And she said in this dream, she watched her daughter drown. Yeah, it's terrifying. Oh. That, absolutely. Like, um, I'm even feeling it. That, I feel like an empath response to a, a yeah. s- secondhand story. Yeah. Well, she was a part of a travel blog group that, so this place had been recommended to her. So, you know, she went home and she just could not shake this feeling. So she emails the gal who had actually recommended this location for her. And tells her what had happened. And the gal, uh, text her, you know, emails her back and said, I am so sorry. That's horrific. I cannot believe that that happened to you, too. Oh, oh too. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Jimmy, Christmas. You know, and immediately it's a, you know, it's, it's a, what you're talking about, Willis moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, this gal was off and running. She did the research for this story basically for herself. And, and this is in what she was presenting to me that night. She found over the course of the next two years, she located 17 other people. So including herself, she had a total of 18 who had stayed at that location who had had a similar experience. They all had a dream that they and all of them were women and 17 of the 18 were birth mothers. The the 18th woman was someone who had adopted her, her stepdaughter when she was like five. She's her mom. Who are we kidding, right? Right. But in every single instance, these people had had a nightmare that they were watching their child in mortal danger, and there was nothing they could do to stop it. And in those dreams, they watched their child die. Wow. So I am immediately now digging into this place. Uh-huh. And the location in the building, on the front of it, it says Coyle and Smith Wholesale Grocers. And it goes back to the the day of the land the days of the land run. You know, there was nothing here. That's one of the things that I don't think people really wrap their brains around is that you had between fifty, sixty, seventy thousand people mm-hmm. merge. You know, converging yeah. on this place. Claims there taken. There were no businesses. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were no business. There were no shops. There were no farms. There were no grocers. It's it's mind boggling that it actually worked. Yeah. So one of the reasons it worked is because of people like Coyle and Smith. You had they had the the funding up front; they could buy groceries in bulk, and then they would sell them to the mom and pop shops all over all over the town. That's the only way this worked. Isn't that crazy um, to think about? Literally a yeah. grassroots movement that has carried sustained Guthrie up to now. 
And that it just yeah. it boggles the mind. We don't we it think really of, does. when we think about the land run, we think about covered wagons and you know, let's put our stake in the ground. You know, the kids stuff stopped yeah. for me. Like that's what we did. We didn't talk about the history of this is the backbone of Oklahoma. This is where it, I mean, it literally began right there. It, exactly. I mean, we had that, you know, it's estimated anywhere for the, that first land run, you know, they fired the cannon off at noon. They had 60, 70,000 people take off and they all had to come to the, what is now Guthrie. Back then it was called Deer Creek Station. That was the name of the railroad. It was just a, a maintenance stop on the Southern Kansas Railway. That was the only building in town was the little, the little maintenance shack and then they were still building the land run office where you, because that's where you had to come file your claim. But by sundown, Guthrie was a, a town proper with buildings already being erected of over 10,000 people. Um, and to put that in perspective, the population of Guthrie today is 11,800 and change, according to the mayor. I don't know exactly what and change means, but I mean, so imagine everyone here showing up someplace at the exact same time all at once looking for a piece yeah that's looking for ins- a piece i mean that's, that, that's insane yeah obviously i i needed to, to dig into this place well i i dig back into this coil and smith thing and the only thing I, what i found was there was a man named arnell Baring who had he was a widower he had come down from the run in in missouri he went to work he, well first thing he did was he got he had a, a decent claim but he realized his health, he was in his mid-50s, his, his health was not going to be conducive for him to work the land. So we sold the majority of it, bought a, a wagon and a team of horses, came to work at Coyle and Smith as a delivery driver. And on, let's see, he it was on July the 1st, I think about 1894, he was making a delivery over on the east side just after noon. He went to climb back up into the wagon and he fell. And he fell back out into the dirt, and he just laid there, and people went running out, and he's beat red, he's not sweating, he's panting, and it sounds like he's saying, I'm dead, I'm dead. Well, he must have been, because he died right there. Wow. Um, trying to find anything about this man was insane. I couldn't find where he was a, matter, a, a, a member of any church. I couldn't find where he was affiliated with the fraternity, like the modern woodsman or the elks, or, you know, he wasn't in trouble with the law. The only thing I found about him was a little blurb in the newspaper. And it's amazing that we still have these, these, because these newspapers have all been digitized now. Mm-hmm. He was, he won basically employee of the month at one point. And he, so he was written up in the paper. You know, he's the first one in in the morning, the last one out at night. He won a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I'd give anything um, to win a mattress. I need one. Yeah. So the minister is there, the, the doc is there, and, and the minister is the one that says, you know, I hate to be callous, but it's it's hot. You know, unless they didn't have refrigerated mortuaries back then. Oh. So he said, we need to go ahead and bury him. I'll go out to his place next week. We'll see what I can find out. So they bury him. You know, so that's the first. Well, then there's the second. It's hotter still. The third. It's hotter still. Now it's the fourth of July, and I don't know if do, do they let you guys shoot fireworks off where you live um i'm in, in more he's in, in, in chickasha and they can shoot guns and fireworks at the same time where he lives <laughs> yeah. uh, well they fun, I mean, shoot well about, yeah they shoot guns in my neighborhood too but i don't think it's for celebration it's more retaliation but yeah 
I understand. Zachary <laughs> um, had banned it for a long time. They brought it back. Now you just have to buy a permit. But, you know, back then, my God, you didn't have the fireworks that we have today. I mean, maybe yeah. you have a big Catherine wheel or something. But who needed fireworks when you had, you know, guns oh, and yeah. liquor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so... I mean, you look at some of the photographs from those early celebrations, and it was absolute chaos. Right. But here comes uh, here comes uh, July the fifth. Uh, everybody has to go back to work. They sober up. They got a new guy. They're taking him in. They had a huge root cellar that they had dug to keep the um, the produce and such in. And you know, he's like, first thing, okay, I'll let me show you where everything is. They unlock the door to the root cellar, and as they start to step in, they've got their lantern, and they hear oh, this tiny sound coming from in the back and they were immediately thinking oh sweet jesus somebody locked a dog in here i have to tell you it's it's one of the most fun things for me to do when i've got a group of kids sitting in front of me and i ask them if they know what keening sounds like and they'll just look at me and i just go "Ah," and immediately they're like ah you know yeah, I'm, I'm well, cringing so already. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they've got a dog, they've got their stick, they've got their lantern, they go in there. It wasn't a dog, it was a boy. It was a 13 year old boy sitting in the back. He had his hands over his head. He's rocking back and forth and he's making this god awful noise. Well, they couldn't get him out. He just went into a rage. They ended up getting the sheriff to help get him out who had to get some more. They ended up having lassoing and hog tying this child. Oh, good lord. To get him out. They weren't even sure he could speak English, which is is not out of the realm because, I mean, we have people coming right. from all over the world. But they finally, they get the doc in there, they give him a sedative, and they go through his pocket. And they find a note that said, it was well, it was just a piece of paper, and it said, Ned Baring, same spelling, B-E-H-R-I-N-G. And they immediately went, wait a minute, you know, did Arnell have any kin? I didn't think so, didn't think so. Well, this is the point where... The minister goes, I'm going to go ahead and go out to his place. So he goes out there, and sure enough, there's, you know, two of everything. It was, it became very obvious that Arnell had somebody there with him. They presumed it was Ned, his son. But they found a, uh, uh, a letter. They found a point of contact for his brother, Robert, who was back in the, the Rolla area in Missouri. And so they, you know, the minister writes that, that letter that so many people have had to write. You know, we are sorry to inform you. Mm-hmm. They get a response back, and it's not from Robert, who had died even before the land run, but it's from Robert's wife, so it's Arnell's sister-in-law. And she says, yes, Ned, it was Arnell's son. He's been very protective of him. Apparently, it from everything that, that was said, it sounded like Ned was on the autism spectrum. That's uh, really what it sounded like. Right. Because the way she explained it was his mom was very protective of him, because back then... If you had a family member like that, they just took them away. Oh, yeah. And they, locked them up. Yeah, they put you in a sanitarium so, for sure. Yeah. But they found, he he had found the family Bible. You know, it had, so yeah, we can put in, you know, because back then those things were huge. You could put in your date of birth, your date of death. They knew that the boy was about five when his mom died. What had happened is Arnell fled Missouri in fear that they were going to take his child. What he had been doing was locking the boy in the root cellar. That's why he was the first one in in the morning and the last one out at night. Now, it sounds horrific unless you understand and recognize what it takes for a person on the spectrum to function. Absolutely. You've got to have routine. You've got to have routine. Routine. And and the uh, the other thing, too, is in a town, 
in any town, if you, the minute someone sees his son, it, it, they'll lynch him. They'll drag him out in the middle of the yeah. There's no telling what yeah. they would, because again, people exactly. hate what they don't understand. And back then, like you said, they thought, thought you were a witch. They thought you were possessed or they threw you in exactly. the loony bin. The sister-in-law goes on, you know, she explains a lot of this out, but she goes on to say, and this is the most amazing thing I think I have ever read because it was such an act of grace especially given the time frame. She said, if you can get him to me, I will reimburse you. I will make sure that he is cared for. I will make sure that there are provisions put in place that when I die, that he will continue to be cared for and he will know his family and he will know that he is loved. I mean, what an amazing thing. Yeah. Very happy ending. You didn't expect it from the beginning. No, you didn't. Well, you would think so, but the, the, the sad truth is it took... That letter didn't arrive until like almost two months after they had first found him. And the situation was that about three days into him being held in that jail cell, Ned actually died oh. from beating his head against a brick wall. Oh, good Lord. That's horrible. Yeah. That's you tricked me. Thanks, Stacy. So much for okay. you, you could have left. Well, you could have left us with a happy ending and gave us the cliffhanger <laughs> until we showed up and got the true story. Gosh. Yeah, I'm listening. So I know this is like this is you know this needs to be a movie. <laughs> yeah, it um, does. It really does. So this immediately for me, I had the same reaction. I went, "Well, crap! I can't tell this right. is a ghost story. This is horrible." And I mean, it really, really was just resonating with. There are certain people in your life that it's always good to have a keep a hold of. Or one of them is, you know, your old college psychology professor. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I, I called her up. She's retired. She's like, help me. So I go down there, and she's she's so huge. You know, she she pours your beverage of choice. Here's my Dr. Pepper. Right. What's the matter, kid? And I start just ranting about, I don't know what to do with this. This isn't a story, but my God, now I got this information in my head. What am I supposed to do? And, you know, I'm just running off at the mouth. And I finally said, I don't even know what to do. This is, this is like a freaking nightmare. And she stopped me and she said, well, it took you long enough. And I said, what are we talking about? And she goes, what did you just say? I don't know. I wasn't listening. That's your job. She goes, no, what did you just say? I said, um, story, story, me, 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 nightmare. Oh, nightmare. Yeah. And at this point, she reached my Dr. Pepper and she goes, listen to this. Now, I have had, because she did a lot of death and dying seminars, she goes, mm. I can't tell you the number of people that I have had that on one hand, they will absolutely deny the possibility, the plausibility of any type of paranormal activity. There is no such thing as ghosts. But in the very next breath, they want to tell you a story about their guardian angel. Yeah. And yeah. she goes, why shouldn't it be two sides of the same coin? And I'm sitting there thinking, what? And she goes, think about this. Let's say that mom was Ned's guardian angel. She had been with him that whole time, keeping him calm every day when he went to work with dad. And he had everything he needed, and he knew dad was going to come back, and everything was good until it didn't happen. That day, that July the 1st, she saw Arnell fall in the dirt. She immediately sat is with Ned as he sat that and spent the first night in his life alone, not knowing where his father was. The second day and the second night, the third Finally, okay, now it's the 4th of July, and we've already talked about the hoot nanny and the, the, the shoot-up fest that's going on outside. I cannot imagine the terror that was in that child's heart. 
Absolutely. And then the next day, the next day, still no dad, but now you're drug out, you're hogtied, you know, you're, I mean, it, she said, imagine you were that boy's mother watching that, and there was not a damn thing you could do to stop it. No, it's like looking through a looking glass and, you know, or having that it, dream where you're screaming yeah. and no one can hear you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, suddenly it made sense. I mean, yeah. and I still, I still have people ask me, is the redstone haunted? And I, honest to God, don't necessarily know how to answer that because it's not that traditional haunting yeah, experience not. that people talk about. There's not towels flying around the room, but there's definitely something, something. There's going an energy on. to it. And it's something that drew you to it and that, or, or someone that did and. And that's my, yeah. was my next question, you know, you know when I when I asked you, are there any stories that stick with you? And it, in nearly a decade, is it difficult to kind of flip the switch and kind of detach yourself because you're so invested, you know? And it's not like it's this isn't a zoo tour. Okay, here's the lion, here's the yeah. tigers, there's the bears. Yeah. Okay, good night. You actually invest time. You're 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 in a, you're a a haunted historian, a historian, a, a storyteller. How do you turn that switch off and disconnect from those stories without kind of closing your eyes and seeing all these ghosts look at you or not ghosts, but you know what I mean? Where do you, where do you draw the line there? Well, I think what makes it, because I've, I've struggled with some things and it wasn't until I realized that so many of the stories that I come across, the ones that fall apart are the ones that are all phantasmagorical and everything. The majority of the stories that I find the most, interesting and the most information on are not horrific stories. I mean, yes, somebody has to die to have a ghost story, but most of the time it's about a connection between a person, a place, and a time. I mean, it was, it was that, it was that story that led me down the street to the next story, which is, you talk about one of those warm the cockles of your heart. I had a, uh, I had a group from Langston University out one night and we finished up on this story and there was this wonderful, wonderful girl there named Taylor and she raises her hand. You know, we're finishing up and everybody's just sort of stunned into silence because it has that effect that story does. And she finally goes, excuse me, I'm sorry, that's not going to work for me. I cannot go home with that on my heart. I'm mm-hmm. going to need something a little more uplifting, you know. And it's it's the fact that it's like a familial continuity, I think what it is. If I get one complaint on my ghost walk, regularly it's that it runs long <laughs> because I won't shut up. Right. Because people get involved and they start sharing their version of it too. But my Aunt Mary, my mom's oldest sister, who we lost about three years ago, um, she, at one point she was the oldest licensed hairdresser in the state of Oklahoma. She was 92 when she died. She was the last badass backcomber in the county. We were having a conversation about something one time, and she, she made the comment. She goes, you know, people in this town, spend so much time talking about the past. Mm -hmm. Oh, I wonder what they did back then. I wonder why they did this. She goes, have you ever wondered if any of those people sat around, they knew they were going to die, and they thought, you know what, I might just stick around after just to see what goes on. Right. (laughs) Now that you mention it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gee. First of all, it stunned me because of the generation that she would come up with this, but if you think about it, it's a very basic explanation of the theory of the multidimensional universe. The idea that everything, okay, pick any place on the planet, um, right here where I'm sitting in this chair, everything that has ever happened in the past 
everything that is happening now and everything that will happen in the future is all happening here, different planes, dimensions, whatever that is that we cannot, you know, that fifth dimension that we cannot explain. It all It's all happening at the exact same time, just on different levels. Everything, you know, maybe, everywhere, all, all at once. All at once, yeah. Maybe, maybe sometimes we do get to peek between the blinds. Yeah. Maybe we do get a glimpse of what we see. Now, you dang know, if it, that's the case. This is supposed to be. The case, go ahead. I where's my flying car? <laughs> I know, right? Where's that? Where's that hoverboard from uh, Back to the Future Two that we're we've been waiting for? Yeah. They gave it to us on wheels and told us that, technically it's a hoverboard. Dude, that's not a hoverboard. It's not. No. <laughs> it's a what? It's a no. Vespa without a handle. Not a Vespa. What they call it? Yeah. A Segway without a handlebars. Yeah. But it's a. Break your head. So, yeah. Stacy, I know that you're doing Fridays and Saturdays right now, right? We're doing Fridays and Saturdays at 7.15. Starting in October, we will go to Fridays and Saturdays, 7.15 and 10 o'clock. And I usually will, at that point, I offer up other days by request okay, and other times by request. I do have somebody that helps me out when I get super, super stocked up. Stephanie Fortney is my, my alternative guide. I heard and she's kind of wild. I hear Stephanie's kind of wild. Stephanie's kind of a hot mess, which is why we have to do the Steph special <laughs> at least once or twice a year. <laughs> Stephanie, don't get me wrong. I love Stephanie. Stephanie is my, yeah, Stephanie is my, my ride or die buddy. But my God, she's wildly talented. Her whole, she's performed at the Pollard and everything. She loves to come, she loves to embellish. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I have people that come back year after year. And if I tell this story differently, they're like, "That's not what you said before." Right? You know? Will you be doing so, any of the? Will you be doing any of the midnight walks this season, or is that kind oh, of yeah. a thing of the past? Okay. No, we're. I'm still doing at least two in in October. I usually turn Stephanie loose around Halloween, and we do the Steph special, which is basically I cannot vouch for the validity of anything that comes out of her mouth. It turns into a pub crawl. Yeah. Half the time. I've read the um, reviews. It, it I've read, uh, yeah, it's a wild. I've heard it's a wild <laughs> ride with Stephanie. So, Stacy, yeah. you make me want to drive to, to Guthrie and schedule one right now. Well, come on. I know, right? <laughs> if people want to get in touch with you to get set up for a tour or schedule a special date or time, what is the best way to get a, get a hold of you when you're not doing a million other things? The fastest way to get a hold of me is either to call or text the Ghost Walk phone, which is 405. 405- Two nine three eight four zero four, or just go to guthrieghostwalk.com or go to our Facebook page and shoot me a message. Well, as always, we didn't get into it, but we had a rough patch there for a while where we weren't doing, none of us yeah, were doing we much of anything. And I finally, I feel like we're, and I, you could probably agree, we're kind of back up to, back up to full, full capacity. Yeah. And it's so glad to see that. Um, well, you know, you could still do those walks back then, but it's so nice to see you're still at it, and uh, it's yeah. always a pleasure to get to talk to you. But Guthrie, y'all have always been good to us, and uh, Stacy, we really appreciate you uh, being on the show, and, and, and keep it going. Always. Take care. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Spooky stories and all of the stuff that we're trying to cram into the month of October. We're really trying to, I was going to say, we're trying to gut the jack-o'-lantern, but that's not... I don't... I can't think of a... I don't... I'm just trying to think of something kind of like Halloween-y to... to we're trying to exhume the spooky. I don't... I don't know. <laughs> what do you do? We're the undertakers of 
the podcasting underworld. I don't. <laughs> Uh, I love Stacy. She's, yeah, she's got she's a, a million stories. A million. And there were a couple things, though, I didn't uh, get a chance to talk about. Yeah. That they're doing a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So they do have their regular walking tours, mm-hmm. which we talked about. Yes. But they also have bicycle tours and uh, bus tours available. Yeah. But it's, like, special. you got to... Well, there's... I, I heard a story that... There was a senior citizens group from Tulsa that wanted to, that did it, requested a special, a special tour, which again isn't unheard of, but it was going to be at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. So what do you do? You take their bus, you do 11 a.m. ghost walk tour in the middle of the, at brunch, (laughs) and then you take them to, because the buffet's not open yet, (laughs) you take them to Brahms and, and feed them ice cream. So it can be done. It can be done. If you want more information about that sort of stuff, definitely check out their website, GuthrieGhostWalk.com. It's got a lot of cool information yeah. on there, and all of the contact information is there if you're driving down the road and you can't if, plug in that phone number. And again, kind of piggybacking some more on what we talked about, because there's a lot of a lot of stories. There's, there is a... You want to talk about a community that's really steeped in tradition and has really kind of embraced the history it's guthrie you want to talk about a a ghost tour that's at the top of the list it's guthrie (laughs) well after the break the world series of poker returns i'm raven rollins and this is my southern true crime podcast where i discuss cases from my former hometown Ada, Oklahoma paints itself as an average community, but its history of murder and corruption runs deeper than any story has ever told. You'll hear plenty of special guests, including authors and experts in their fields, who visit with me on each episode, as well as other cases in the southern states. With notorious and unknown cases alike, every victim sees the light on my show. This is Sirens, a true crime podcast. All right, so our new story today is from PokerNews.com. You know, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. But you got to know where to play. And you have more options this year. I like options. So the 23-24 season of the World Series of Poker, it is upon us, and you can still get your seat. There are millions of dollars up for grabs. Yeah, if it's you, crazy. Yeah. If you have listened to Kenny Rogers mm-hmm. and you know yeah. when to hold them and when to fold them, mm-hmm. you can make some serious money. Or you've watched the movie Maverick or the TV show, you get have a little bit of depth of field. Or if you can, you know, what do you do in, in Maverick? He materialized an ace of spades. Yeah. yeah, that will probably get you shot. No, it won't. They don't do that these days. It'll have you... Quietly removed from the casino floor. And, and banned and for banned life. For life. Yeah, so at the conclusion of the circuit season, though, if you win one of their main tournaments yeah. in in the circuit, the World mm-hmm. Series of World Series of Poker circuit yeah. event, you get a cool ring, uh-huh. which I think the rings are cooler than the World Series of Poker Bracelet? bracelets. Yeah, they are. Nobody wears bracelets. I don't, I don't know very many people that wear bracelets. But a ring, that's cool. Yeah. But also, you are entered in automatically into the Tournament of Champions at the 2024 World Series of Poker, 
which is a million dollar free roll. We had a 30 minute conversation about how to roll dice in Dungeons and Dragons. I don't play games clearly. So I have a lot of questions about games. So you have a, you have multiple options and multiple locations. So coming up this month, October 25th through November uh-huh. 6th, Choctaw Durant, multiple games. Yeah. All day long, every single day for a couple of weeks on Non-stop end. Non-stop action, man. There are a ton of different options, different uh, different styles, different games that you can play. Some of them are super inexpensive, all the way up to the main event. So definitely something for every... Skill level? <laughs> every skill level and every type of game. Like right. they have, a, They have multiple types of games available. So, and that's coming up just a couple of weeks. And then in January, January 3rd through the 14th, they got another round mm. at the Choctaw Durant. And then if you can't make either of the, either of those, or you're looking to mix it up a little bit in March, March 7th through the 18th, the Hard Rock in Tulsa uh-huh. is going to be host to a circuit event. Now you've played, I know you've played the poker room at Durant a few times. Have mm-hmm. you played the Hard Rock? I have. You're a you're a poker connoisseur. I don't know how many times I've walked in. Like if Amber's not watching trash reality TV, you're watching old World Series of Poker, either heads up games or you're you're dialed in. This is your culture. I I like watching poker. I'm yeah. a poker fan. Do you get the juice? Does you you when you see him go all in? Do you kind of get a little bit of a anxiety about it too? Uh, I think maybe maybe yeah. Like I'm, I'm more interested in the psychology of it. I guess, yeah. Like I, I just enjoy it. You I, ever been chip leader or anything like that? Oh yeah, I've done mm, pretty kinda... well in some tournaments. Mm. That, that's impressive. You, it, it's a, it is chess, isn't it? it? I would say, in all honesty, it's more complicated than chess. Oh really? Mm. There's more to more to contemplate. Like in chess, you. There are only so many actions that right. can happen. You, right, right, right. And, you know, you can, it, depending on your intelligence level and memory, uh, that sort of thing, you can see in advance, you know, if I do this, he can do this, you know, and you can kind of build this tree out. This is and, why I play Mario Brothers. <laughs> well, I mean, more power to you. I'll, you know, I always wish you the best of luck. Are you be, Will you be entering in any of these satellite tournaments? I'm not 100% sure which ones I'm going to be able to make. I do know that there's some travel softball You'll be doing activities par- coming up. I was going to say, will you be doing parlays on <laughs> softball games? <laughs> I think I think that you could probably get hanged in the state of Oklahoma oh, yeah. for betting, betting on a softball team. And the way things are going now, you would... You might bet on the other. You might bet side action on the other team. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that that'd get me killed. Oh my god! But goodness. With, if you want more information on the World Series of Poker Tour, we're going to include a link in the show notes. But it looks like a lot of fun. Oh yeah! If you're going out, definitely let us know. We'd love to sweat your action. Look at him. He's using all the jargon and the. You know, he's surprised he didn't say we're going to show you our blinds. I don't know. Is that something showing somebody <laughs> your blinds? <laughs> Well, because it's spooky season, it's been 666 months since we said we were going to have a feedback stinger. We still do not have a a feedback stinger. You came up with something that was lame. I couldn't do anything with it, so I had to burn it. 
Okay, so but we do have some we feedback. Do, we do have feedback. We have a couple of new reviews. <laughs> oh boy, on iTunes. I love it when you spring these on me. Go ahead. So first one is from Woodchuck four thirteen. Oh, he said, "Enjoyable show. I find you guys entertaining." And being an escapee from the socialist West Coast, I find this show not only entertaining, but helpful. Five out of five. I like it. Yeah, Woodchuck. Yeah, I've met some Californians, dude, that like our show. So, Woodchuck, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks, Woodchuck. So we have another five-star. A five-star? Another five-star review on iTunes. Love you guys, but the bathrooms are dirty. That's probably what they're going to say. From Jason Cole 24 Oh. He said, I recently discovered The Only and OK and have had a blast catching up on all of their shows. I love supporting local restaurants and small businesses. I also love to travel within my state. The guys do a great job of exposing listening to new spots. A great job of exposing... New spots to try and stay. Their style is fun and positive. Keeping the conversation light and entertaining. My travel restaurant list is growing, and I'm adding more weekly. Thanks, guys. Jason at the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Hey, you know, and those guys are based out of Norman. That's cool. They do really cool, like, worst sequels, best. It's all, it's really, it's nerd-centric for guys our age. It's yeah, I really enjoy their podcast, and I like their posts, and I'll chime in on, on occasion, and I'll have to say, it's the other guy. No, I don't do that, but yeah, I really enjoy um, Jason and company at, at Surely You Can't Be Serious. And if you guys get a chance, and you like pop culture, you like 80s movies, top fives, you know me, Mr. Top Five, you know, this. I've found a home where I can embrace top five lists, but if you get a chance, you definitely want to swing over and try out the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast their logo looks like the back to the future font it's so cool it it is yeah Um, and i will tag them in this show in the show notes for this show so if you are interested in them just dive into the show notes and it'll be there well i think your internet has to go 88 miles an hour to actually achieve uh complete download speed to get 1.7 giga gigawatts gigabots i don't know it's gigawatts yeah but not in (laughs) computer lingo i don't know marty i don't i'm sorry that's only christopher lloyd i can do marty but anyway this has been <laughs> hey doc we're in the future we are marty sorry <laughs> this has been the <laughs> the only an okay show marty and uh new episodes every week i'm brett and i'm harley and we're out of here peace Check, 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 check. One. Check, check, check. Two. Okay, we're good. Check, check. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Getting some pretty good traction on the Facebook post of the uh, Ice Cream Retory episode. It's kind of, I've noticed so. (laughs) Okay. I go around and uh, accost people on the street and uh, get about 400 people (laughs) every year. And by God, I got bagpipers and the drum line from the school. That's yeah. crazy. We wing it or we don't do it around here. So, tonight, a journey into terror. <laughs> Warning. <laughs>
Warning, what you're about to hear is paranormal evidence. Evidence? Evidence. I'll never forget the... <laughs> we had to cross the deadly highway. Oh my god, I wish I could find that video. That was the funniest shit ever. I'll never forget it. We don't talk like that in Kentucky. Well, someone said half man, half goat, half... What was the other one? Because I know we ripped it apart for me. Half man, half goat, half devil, or something like that. I'm like... No, half man, half sheep, half goat. Yeah, that's what it was. Like three <laughs> three halves don't make a whole. <laughs> they make a, a one and a third is what they make, right? No, that would be one and a half. Or one and a half. Yeah, I bet YouTube pulled it. They're like, not even we can put it. They got right when they started demonetizing stuff. They're like, what's the point to go? Got a poke click uh, video? What is that? It's bullshit. It's garbage. Cut it. Okay, stop looking for the video, dude. Like, we got shit to do. What are we going to do, dude? Warning. What you're about to hear is a paranormal investigation by Deadly Highway. Catholics are disputing the claim that it's actually a Pope lick monster. Factual evidence be advised. Well, the truffle. Remember that? The truffle. 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 Dude, we want a freaking podcast award. With the truffle? With the truffle and devil ba- kicking devil babies. Hitting. <laughs> no, you said you would hit a devil baby with a shovel. With a shovel. Yeah. Do you know anybody that wouldn't? Like, if you saw a devil baby, if it was cute, would you still drop kick it? Devil baby. If it would help your inflammation, would you microdose? Yes. What if your brain's inflamed, Matt? What I want to know is where you can get the stuff to microdose. A farmer's market? It's funny what you don't think your parents know until you ask. You're like, yeah, I've known the whole whole time. Because you're afraid to find out that your parents have any knowledge of anything besides how to make pancakes. Three, two, one.